lift you up in the name of your son Jesus who is worthy of all honor and praise and we thank you Lord we love you we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed so that we can receive instruction and we thank and praise you in Jesus name amen hallelujah well we're going to talk about motivated by expectation expectation is what motivates you amen you know how many of you can identify with this where you're waiting on something but you kind of it's like everything is coming against you (laughs) or you know something's trying to make you give up at the last hurdle and it's because you know so many people have been taught that when you when you do something for God, you shouldn't get anything back. And so God is letting us know that he wants us to be excited and expect him to give us something back for services rendered. And most of uh, Amos 9.13, that's what it's all about. It's, this is a time where God has set it aside for his saints, amen, for whatever reason. Those who have sowed seed and those who are expecting. So this is all about expectation. Expectation is what will bring in your blessing. All the years that you've prayed, you've been on your watch, you've done all these things. And so God is is expecting us to expect him to do something. It's like this. Are you expecting God to do something for you? Amen. Those who think this is just another myth or just something else that we're doing, those people won't receive. But God is expecting us. He wants us to show uh, him our faith. And one way that we show our faith is through our expectation. (coughs) Amen. So uh, I remember Oral Roberts had that wrong teaching, that it's wrong for you to plant a seed and expect something to come back are y'all here today and so thousands of christians have been taught that same principle that it's wrong to expect something in return when you give something to god you know whether it's a prayer or maybe you hand out food for the for the sick you visit the sick hand out to the poor you know um even when I was in a traditional church they said no you're not supposed to expect nothing that's greed and so people get greed confused with uh, the return, the harvest. See, the harvest is not greed. Is this making sense to you all? But the harvest is a result of you sowing seed. It's just like going out, planting a plant, and not expecting to say, don't you come up. Don't come up, seed. Because if you come up, God's going to be mad at me. And so it's it's like... You sow a seed, but you dare the harvest to come. Y'all following me? And so that's wrong because God wants to bless us when we sow seed. Amen. And so a lot of people, in other words, a lot of people don't receive because they're not expecting anything. Is that making sense? Amen. And so God wants to put this thing to rest where he wants his people to feel comfortable that when you sow seed, something's going to come up. Amen. If you don't expect a harvest, a harvest will be delayed. But it will still come when you get your senses back. Amen. <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm glad, you know, and it's not dead works, but it's as simple as um, getting in the right mind frame and the mindset 
so that you could usher in or help God usher in what's due you. It's due season. And that's why we call it due season because it's something due you. Are y'all here today? And so if you've been working for God, or even if you just uh, went over to a neighbor's house and cleaned up for him because they were sick, that's, that's seed being sown. You know, if you do somebody's hair and they, you know they don't have money to pay you, and just, you know, that's sowing seed. And so there's a season when all of these seeds that you have sown are due to come forth. And... Some people, especially people who are in religion, have a hard time receiving it. I think this is why most people don't believe in Avon Stand 13. Because they, you know what the question is, why would God do that for me? And then the devil starts saying, you did this, this, God. The devil will give you a reason if you're looking for one. He'll, he'll give you a long list of things that you did wrong. And so it's easier. See, that's called pride. And so God wants us to come out of pride and stop trying to figure out what we did wrong and when we did it. Yeah, we we know we did it. God knows we did it. But he wants us to take responsibility for it, repent, and enjoy the, the joy of, you know, the harvest. God wants us to enjoy the harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. And so what we need to do. Is understand totally what, bless you, what God is doing. Amen. Now, let's see. People think that this is the proof of greed is when we expect something in return. It's, you know, it's kind of like I give you something so you give me back something. But see, it's not like that with God. You know, God wants to bless. It's his good pleasure. To bless us. Amen. See, this is the problem that we have, that Christians have. We put God in the same little basket we put people in. But God is different. God, he not, wants nothing better. Whatever it is that you're praying for, God wants nothing more than to give it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, there's amen. There's a thing called expectation that needs to be present when your harvest comes it's just like a farmer when he goes out to collect his you know he remembers what he planted you know he he's got corn and he's got you know uh, strawberries and beans and he goes right back there to collect all that stuff because he knows what he planted and so about the same token we're supposed to remember or even if we don't god will bring it back to our remembrance but the thing about it the important thing is you remember to go and get your harvest amen sometimes we do forget and i think that's okay but god will remind you remember like he did roberts remember that ten thousand dollars this is part and god will always show you and i'm sure roberts was saying man i'm still collecting off that ten thousand but see this is seed time and harvest Amen. And I believe when you sow, and it's so important to God, and, and you know, it's the, in other words, the bigger the sacrifice, the bigger the reward. And I think that's why he received off of that, uh, that seed so much, because look at what we know about Oral now. And God was trying to prove something to Oral, and so he blessed uh, Roberts because he knew that was a big sacrifice and he also was teaching 
Oral Roberts about seed time and harvest because he didn't understand that principle. And so, you know, God is always doing something in the, in the heavenlies. He's always doing something. And when we fall in line with what he's doing, there's a big payoff for it. Amen. So I have some examples here uh, that I wrote down. Okay, so do you expect a salary from your boss at the end of the work week? For, yes, amen. Is that greed? No. So you see what God is saying. is When you do the work, you do something. So this is how God looks at it when he blesses us. Amen. I had another one. Did you expect forgiveness when you confess your sins to Christ? Yes. Is that greed? No. Amen. So stripping expectation from a seed is like stealing the only pleasure God has to bless us. So in other words, when you sow a seed, you don't take expectation from that seed. See, because we're supposed to water the seed. We're supposed to stay in faith, bless it, speak it. That's watering a seed. But you strip your seed when you don't give it some expectation. Are y'all understanding this? Amen. And so you don't want to strip your seed because God's only pleasure is to bring it to pass. Because if you think about God's position, what else is you, you planted He's been helping you to water it. He wants to bring it to pass. It's kind of like if God didn't bring that seed to its uh, harvest, then he missed out or we're denying him his part in this whole process. Amen. And so we have to stay in faith. That's part of it. But the other part of faith is expectation because the expectation is what brings it into the natural realm. Amen. So God's greatest need is to be believed, and God's greatest pain is to be doubted. Amen. And this is why he comes. Let's see. Okay, this is why he who cometh to God must believe. And that's in Hebrews 11. So why don't we turn to Hebrews 11.6. It says that he is a rewarder. So it's like this. If God didn't bless us and help our seed come to fruition, then Hebrews 11.6 is not is a null and void. Amen. Because Hebrews 6 says he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. And God expects us to be motivated by knowing that he's a rewarder. See, when you, when you receive the word of God, you're supposed to receive everything. And so if Hebrews 11.6 says... God is a rewarder of him that diligently seeks me. We got to believe that. And if we believe that, then we will start to expect him to bless us on whatever we sowed because we're diligently seeking him. We haven't thrown cast God aside, but we have continued to, to worship and to bless God and stay under his authority. And so the other part of that is to believe that he's going to bring it to pass. You have to believe that or you, you're not doing the whole thing. So let's just read it just for old time's sake. Hebrews 11:6 says, But without faith it, is, faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder and see that rewarder that's your return so you got to believe that god is and you also have to believe on that return 
if you're diligently seeking him. In other words, if you haven't thrown and cast God aside, if you're still hoping and believing and, and thinking, well, maybe God will do this for me, then you, that's, that's your reward. That thing on the inside of you is, is um, following after that reward. And so if you, you're believing that he is and you're believing that he's a God that diligently um, blesses and rewards those that diligently seek him, then you have to add expectation to what's going on. Expectation will... It's just like hiring somebody to go out into the field and and get your crop, gather your crop. That's what expectation does. Expectation guarantees that you're going to receive back what you put in. Amen. And so it's it's a, I don't want to say it's an exchange because it doesn't work like that all the time. But when you sow into the kingdom of God, there are rewards. And so you have to desire the reward. Some people think it's such a, uh, they try to run from God so much they think it's something to, you know, a trick to it. And so they say, no, no, that's okay. I've had people tell me, don't pray, just pray for a little bit because I don't want too much. See, that's that old thing that's saying they don't believe in seed time and harvest. They don't believe that what you sow, you're supposed to. See, when you sow into the kingdom. It's always going to be a great harvest. And so you have to expect God to do something for you. Amen. So God expects us to be motivated by knowing he's a rewarder. That's motivation right there. Amen. Knowing that he's a rewarder. Knowing that, that you know, you believe what he's telling you. Knowing that he gives good gifts. See, I think, the, and, and I'm just going to speak from experience. I always used to think when I was into religion, God's not going to do that. And then then when I see other people being blessed, I say, oh, well, maybe he blessed them or maybe they worked overtime or, you know, it was always some kind of religious excuse. And so this is how people live. They don't believe God is going to do anything for them unless they see it with their own eyes. And when it never happens, then they say, I knew it wouldn't happen. But faith and expectation is what pulls it in. The, the, the gift or the reward is still sitting there with your name on it, waiting on you to come out of crazy. Amen. But, so we have to learn how to stay focused on what God is doing. It's his good pleasure. God wants to bless you. If we could get that through our heads, that he wants to bless you. See, those negative, those thoughts, when people think he's not going to do it, that's what's holding your, your blessing. That, that negative thinking. You know, and people who are surrounded by negativity. They, you know, it's hard to get a breakthrough. But if you put your expectation out there on everything that you do it's not keeping up with what you do for God but it's like um, expecting what you put into the kingdom to come back because it's a heavenly reward amen and God is supposed to bless us when we sow into the kingdom it's the best investment you can make amen hallelujah so knowing that he's a rewarder is enough reason for us to expect something back That's what I'm trying to say, knowing that he's a rewarder. So if we know that God is a rewarder, then we should um, be expecting him to bless us in some way. See, this is the thing. Sometimes we only want it monetarily. But God can bless you in so many other ways. And I'm thankful he does that because, see, only he knows what we need. And so it's just like for a child. 
or if somebody's sick or what well, God knows how to apply that favor. And so I'm just so thankful that the kingdom of God is set up the way it is because it's you get what you need. Amen. You may sow time or money or love, but you may receive it back with a kid getting out of trouble. You understand what I'm saying? And so God knows how to apply this reward, this return on your giving. And he's going to apply it exactly how you need it. Amen. In the scripture, Luke 638, God expects us to be motivated by the promise of supply. See, in other words, God always uses some type of, I don't know how I can put this. It's like he'll tell you what he'll do for you if you do this. So is that Luke 6:38 said God will supply all of our needs. I think that's what it is. According to our riches. Oh, okay, okay, it's given it shall be given. So God is telling us what he's going to do. So if he's telling us what he's going to do, then why we get stupid when it's time for the return? Amen. See, what we start saying is he ain't going to do it. Or that's okay. Or I wasn't expecting it anyway. That's why it didn't come. See, if we could stop this negative thinking and this negative, well, I knew they weren't going to hire me anyway. That's why they didn't. Because, but see, the devil wants you to think, and he'll tell you 20 reasons what's wrong with you. The reason you didn't get the job. See, that's nothing but the devil. And so we have to learn how to rebuke that thought. Even if it's true, I'm like this, even if it's true, I'm going to tell myself it ain't. Because I'm going to line my, amen, I'm going to line my thinking up with the word of God. Amen. And I'm going to start expecting somebody to call me on the phone. Amen. And so you have to get rid of this stinking thinking because so is a man thinketh, so he is. So let's go to Luke 6.38 just for a second. And I know all of this is, is knowledge, but I'm sure that God is going to show us somewhere in our everyday living, somewhere we might have made a little mistake or we need to apply more expectation, more faith. Because, see, everybody says, it's just my faith. You know, I need more faith. But, you know, sometimes your faith needs expectation added to it, you know. Because if you have faith, it's kind of like what people call dormant faith. You know, I got faith, but what is your faith producing? Nothing. But it's faith. You know, I, I didn't realize you could have faith, but you just lay it or not put it to work, you know, or, or not add works to it. Because faith without works is dead. Amen. So faith can't stand alone. So if you have to see the reason we don't add expectation is because we get tired. We let the devil wear us out and we say, I'm just so tired. I just don't care no more. But we care. Amen. We care. We just don't know what we did wrong or it could be on a time schedule and we don't get that connection or that clearance from God. It's okay. I've already dealt with you with that. It's all good. See, you got to stay close to God because it's like this. Farmers very rarely go out of town on vacation until that crop. They don't go leaving. When they plant, they stay there for the harvest. And then when that harvest is over, then they go to that somewhere. 
somewhere warm in the winter. They go somewhere warm. But they don't go walk off from a seed. Amen. They don't abandon the seed. But we do all the time because we start listening to the devil well you know and then this is what he said i did you did this the other day and you you cut somebody out well did you repent and don't do it no more did you change your heart did you you know go to god with all your heart instead of expecting somebody to come to you and say they're sorry for something they you holding them accountable for they don't even know what they did and see, when you have that kind of mindset, you push harvest, you push blessings away. Because every single day that we wake up, God is throwing blessings at us. All the time. All the time. Every day. And so, you know, we reject the seed because we don't go after it with, with vigor or with expectation. Expectation is the thing that we need. Amen. So the promise... Is supposed to motivate us to expect. All of these scriptures are telling us what God is going to do for us if we do this. And he is doing that to motivate us to put our motivation behind our faith. To be, I'm sorry, not more. He's motivating us by these scriptures to add expectation. So he's trying to motivate our expectation with these scriptures. I'll just try to explain it a little bit more in Luke 6.38. And it says, given it shall be given unto you. So what does God say? He's saying, give. And then he's saying, and if you do that, it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So what is he doing? God is trying to motivate us by saying, look, if you give, and even if you give a little bit, it's going to be given back to you a whole bunch. See, he's, so he's trying to motivate us to add our expectation to, to what we think we're getting back. So if you, in other words, all we have to do is expect him to, to give us something back bigger than what we gave. And sometimes if you don't see it, look around. You know, maybe somebody, just like I looked at my uh, gas, my water bill. Because Tanya always lets me know when it's time for my water bill. And I looked on it. I'm thinking I ain't paid it in a long time, you know. And so I looked on there, and it was 40% deduction had been deducted from there. And I'm thinking it's over $200, and it wasn't. And so sometimes we forget to add expectation to what so so we might not get that what I sold last week in the offering. I might not get that back in cash, but I was certainly glad that my water bill was because I said I could slide another month. <laughs> I didn't give you anything, did I? I'm sliding another month. That's why. I said it ain't as much as I so I was glad because it's working out with what I'm doing right now. As Chuck say, I got something going on over here. And I don't want, I don't need to pay nobody right now. So God always gives you that money for your, for your work, for your seed. He'll give it back some other way. And so we have to remember to look at everything. Okay, go, go sit down. I'm preaching. Okay. We have to remember to, you know, look everywhere. Don't just look at your bank account. 
because that went right where I needed it to go. Okay, that went right where I needed it to go. And then when you have children, you gotta you gotta believe God for favor for them. Amen. Amen. So don't look back at everything like I ain't getting nothing back from that. Yeah, God gave that back. And I'm so thankful. So however God think I need to receive the reward, I'm down with that. I, I want it. However he gives it back, I'm happy with that. Amen. So he says, if you give, it shall be given back to you. So you see promise. Let's see. Promises are supposed to be more promises when God promises us something it's supposed to be it's supposed to motivate us to use our faith and expectation so he's saying give and I'll give it back to you that's a promise and he's saying I'm gonna give it back to you so that's supposed to motivate us to use our faith and expectations for something bigger amen so it'll come back bigger so I say oh I, I never paid it any attention but i see how god is always promising us that's what a promise is for if he if he promised a husband he's promising you that to motivate your faith add some expectation to it so that you'll not only receive that but you'll receive so many other things new car house you know right people to come to do a job for you you know, and so it's so many. God is always, he's always up to something. And then people say, well, I knew he wasn't going to do it. You're not even looking at God. You know, you, you need to pay attention. Amen. He said he's going to give it, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If we give, it'll be given back, good measure. So he's promising us the good measure so that we'll use our faith and, and add expectation to our faith so that we will receive the supply. Amen. And the supply is the promise of the provision. That's what the supply is. So Luke 6:38 is a principle, really it's a principle. It's a principle of supply. So expect it. This all God's saying. Look, expect add some expectation to your faith so I can get it to you. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Now in Proverbs 3 verse 9, God is motivating us, or in other words, when I say motivating, he's given us a reason. So God has given us a reason to honor him. So whatever God promises us, he expects us to add faith and expectation to it so that we can, he, it's, everything always leads to just, I want to bless you. Amen. So Proverbs 3, 9, oh, I didn't turn there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Proverbs 3, 9. And it says, honor the Lord with your possessions. Now he's telling us what to do. Honor me with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. Okay, that's the instruction. Why? Then this is the promise. So your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Amen. So the first fruits, God is asking us for the first fruit or the first percentage. Amen. He's not asking for an amount. He's asking for a percentage, but he wants it first. Before you pay a bill, before you go to the store, whatever you do, he's asking us to give it to him first. 
And if we give it to him first, that will honor him. Does that say that? Yeah, honor the God, uh, honor the Lord. So he's telling us how to honor him. And he's saying, if you give it to me first in the tie, that's honoring me. And he says, if you do that, your vats will be full with wine. And don't y'all go by none. <laughs> and, you know, but that was the drink of the times. It's still the drink of the times, but, you know, too deadly now. But he's saying, if you do this and let me teach you how to honor me, then you will never go broke. You will never have lack. Amen. So he's giving us, he's telling us what he wants us to do. So he's giving us instruction. Then he's giving us a promise. And that promise is to motivate our faith and expectation. So he can just, all the, it all boils down to, I just want to bless y'all. But I ain't going to give you something for nothing. You know, I mean, I am, but I ain't, you know, kind of. Amen. So here God is painting a picture of overflowing barns. See how he makes it sound so like sweet wine drop, dropping off the. See, those are promises. Those are, see, they want that wine. <laughs> and so God is promising us what he is going to do for us. And he tells us in a picturesque, if I can say that. Uh, uh, manner like sweet wine drop. He he paints a picture so it will motivate us to use our expectation. So all God is doing is trying to motivate us to use our expectation. I hope that makes sense. He, amen. He paints a picture so that, and like he says, flowing barns, overflowing barns, and he's saying that to motivate us. Or to give us a reason to honor him. Amen. And see, whatever God asks us for, we definitely get it back. Expectation is is the powerful current that makes your seed work for you. In other words, a current is something that goes like this. And it's directing your seed, actually. So expectation directs your seed. Without expectation, your seed sits dormant. Well, I got faith, but your faith ain't moving nothing. Because it needs, see, your faith need a helper. Yeah. And that's expectation. Yeah. Expect it. And, I, and I've, you know, I'm going to just be honest with you. I, you have to have faith to use expectation. But sometimes, I'm going to tell you, I could be wrong about this, but I have more expectation than faith. Because hope was in there. Hope was in there saying, aren't you hope this is going to happen, <laughs> you know. And I said, but I'm expecting, I'm expecting, I'm expecting. And I'm telling you, expectation is something people very rarely talk about. But the whole Amos 9.13 blessing is based on expectation. Amen. Because, see, this is a thing where it's God, has, he's already done it. Amos 9.13 is done. It's been written. Amen. But you enter into it by faith and expectation. But you have to expect it because certain people, they're traditional and they, I've never heard of this Amos 9.13, accelerated favor. I don't know anything about that. So they don't apply their faith to it. But expectation will pull that thing out of God's hand into yours. I'm telling you, you start expecting it, you'll get it. You receive it. Amen. Because that's faith. And it's that's hope. I believe expectation is faith, a little bit of hope, 
is everything. And it's rolled into, you know, opening up God's windows of heaven. And it, it works. You know, it's a principle that works. Amen. So it's the current that makes your seed work for you. So the next thing we're going to look at Malachi 310. Amen. Let's go there. Hallelujah. Malachi 310. And we know the scripture. But in Malachi 3.10, it says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's read it. Now, first is the instruction. God is saying, bring all your tithes into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Amen. And then here's the promise. It says that there, wait a minute. And it says, try me now in this, saith the Lord. He's even letting you know, look, this is. You know, something that I'm telling you, you can do. Um, I'm letting you know that there's a, uh, let's see, an instruction and a, and a promise. He's letting you know this. He says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. And if I will not open for you up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, such a blessing, there will not be room to receive it. And then he gives us another promise. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. So he is saying, look, it's kind of like a conjunction, you know. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. He says, but what do I want you to do? I want you to expect. He says, because if you add expectation to your faith and start looking for this, he says, your storehouse will not go, you know. And then he said, and the robbers, the devil won't come in and steal from you. Amen. Amen. And I also apply that to my house. Nobody will ever break in. I've never had a break in, thank God. Amen. 29 years. And there's a lot of people that have been in and out of there, right? But we never had a break-in, did we? Never. Never, ever. And so whoever was there was supposed to be there. And so, you know, that, so I use that as because that's rebuking the devourer. Amen. And there's so many good things attached to these promises. But God says, and, uh, and on second thought, I rebuke the devourer. Not only will I pour in such a blessing, you won't have room. So that's saying that if you bring your, if you tithe, I'm going to fill up your storehouse. And oh, yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. So can't nobody take none from you. Amen. Amen. Nothing is ever lost in the kingdom. And he's saying, and I will do this for you. So he's using uh, those promises to get us to add expectation to our faith so he can bring it to pass. Amen. So this is what God, this is how God works. Expectation keeps our hope strong. Expectation keeps our faith stable and sure. Until the promise comes. See, expectation is more important than we think it is. But nobody ever preaches about expectation. Because they really don't understand what big, uh, what a big 
part, expectation plays in a promise coming to pass. Amen. So God is once again motivating us to expect him to pour out a blessing if we tithe. And God wants us to have expectation. Amen. Amen. Expectation keeps hope alive, keeps our faith alive. It keeps it strong until the promise comes. And also when he says he added something else, I rebuke the devourer. Hallelujah. So it won't destroy what you already have. It won't destroy what I'm giving you. The the thief won't come and take it. Amen. So in other words, God is promising protection also. Amen. Protection over your harvest. So expect him to protect what he's given you and protect what he what he's going to do. So expectation brings all of this well-rounded blessing that God has for us. Expectation brings all of that. That's just how important it is. So in other words, believe it and receive it because you are expecting it to come to pass. Just as God promised. So that's what expectation is. It's believing and receiving it in your mind and in your heart because you're believing it's going to come to pass just like God said. So in other words, it's faith, but it's also your faith um, acting out, doing something. It's kind of like work. Expectation is works for your faith. Faith without works is dead. And I believe expectation is, is works. Amen. That makes sense. That's your works because I got my expectation right on this. And I'm ex- expecting any day. I don't know why, but every, every day I still go to that mailbox. Who sent me some money? Be bills in there. But it's works before. Not often, but it's worked. And I'm still, I'm going to keep going there expecting somebody to. One time I went out there, my dear sister Louise had put a card in there with $20 for my birthday, put it in the mailbox. You know, that's how she do. She don't stop. She just put it in there and keep moving. And so if you keep expecting, somebody will put something in there. That's not the only way, way that I expect, but I do still expect that. Amen. So believe you receive it because you're expecting it and it'll come to pass. Amen. So let's get one more. Uh, example of a promise, uh, well, instruction, a promise, and then expectation. Deuteronomy 28. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28, and it talks about the blessings and the curses. Okay, let's see. Deuteronomy verse 1. Hallelujah. And it says in Deuteronomy 28, 1, it says, And it shall come to pass, now there's a promise right there, that if thou shalt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and do observe to do all in his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above the nations. There's the promise of the earth. 
And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And then it says you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kin of that kind and the flock of thy sheep. Blessed shall be your basket, there's your food, and thy store. Blessed shall, shall be when thou come in, and blessed shall be when you goeth out. And the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee be smitten before your face. And they shall come out against thee one way and flee before you seven ways. And flee from you seven ways. Amen. So God is saying that these things shall come to, fa- to pass if you hearken diligently unto, diligently unto my voice. So he's given us an instruction. And he's saying, look, listen to me. He says, when I command you to do something, I want you to listen to me. Develop a relationship with me and, and diligently heart. In other words, when I give you something to do and tell you something to do, don't take your time. Diligently hearken. Diligently listen. Diligently follow through. And he says, and if you do that, so that we got the instruction. So the promise is you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, and all of the promises that we read. Amen. And so he's, he's given us these promises, but he really could just tell us, like he told those Israelites, do this, do that, do this, do that. But he's given us a blessing, promising us something to motivate us, to use our expectation so that it will come here. He's, he's promising us. It, does that make sense? Same thing. And it was a lot of stuff. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Your cattle will be blessed. Everything that you touch. Let me go through that again. If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and observe to do all that he command, I will command you this day. It says, I'll set you on high in the nations. In other words, he'll make your name great. Amen. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Then he starts listening and he repeats it. If you hearken to my voice. In other words, if you do what I tell you to do and not let somebody talk you out of it or not put it on the back burner like I'm a person. I'm God and I'm telling you to do this because it's a difference. He says, I'm telling you to do this. It's important. And so if you obey what I tell you to do, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed be the fruit of your body. In other words, all your kids will be blessed. The cattle will be blessed. The flock will be blessed. Bless your food, your store. Blessed, and that means your business. Everything that you touch will be blessed. Amen. And then, and then he says in verse 7, he, he, there's a conjunction again. <laughs> He says, and your enemies will flee from you seven ways. So that's a whole lot, amen, just to list, just to obey God. And he's saying, if you do, this is what I want you to do. Listen to me, hearken to my voice. That means listen to my voice and do what I tell you to do. Like he told, what's his name, Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. All he wanted him to do is just go and say, look, y'all going to die. Some of y'all would love it. <laughs> You're going to die if you don't yeah. stop doing that. And that. But he was scared of the people because he said, they're not going to listen to me. 
because he didn't think much of himself. But all God wanted him to do was hearken unto his voice and obey his command. And then he says, and I'll do this, 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 and this. Then he added on there, and I'll put your enemies to flight. So I'm going to add some, some icing onto this cake. And so he, he, everything you touch will prosper. Your kids will be successful. You know, blessed will be the fruit of your hands and your body. Everything. He's saying, if you just hearken. And so there's a command. There's a promise. And he wants us to, he's trying to, by, by giving us a promise, because he don't have to give us a promise. All God has to do is tell you what he wants you to do, and you do it, or you, you get in trouble. And so he's adding the promise to motivate us to use our, our faith and our expectation. In other words, I'm using this to motivate you to use everything you got to hang in there with me until that time comes. Amen. And so he's, he's given us something. He doesn't have to add a promise. He doesn't have to do that. But he does it because God will think of any reason to bless us. Amen. So expect God to keep his word to us, see, because he wants us to hold. It's like I'm giving you an instruction, and so I want you to hold me to something. Hold me to these promises, amen? But use your faith. Yeah, you already know you got to have faith. But use your expectation to bring it into the natural realm. Expect it. Expect me to do what I'm promising you I'm going to do. Why would I tell you? I'm, I'm, you didn't think of this. God thought of this, amen? So why would he promise us something and not give it see it's always us it's never him it is never him it's always us because of misunderstanding and some of it is just downright rebellion amen and then people wonder why they don't get their harvest why well i go through so much da 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 god likes them better than he likes it's not like that amen and so it, it's a sacrifice for everybody to obey God because you got to fight your thoughts. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. You got to fight what you think. You got to fight what you expect. Well, I ain't got nothing in all these years because your thinking is stinking. You got to change how you think. Amen. Behold, I do a new thing. Even if it's been like that, God is saying, look, this is something new. You can jump in there and get this if you just will let yourself. Amen. Amen. You know, and I'm finding out that uh, that um, Amos 9.13 has to be preached so that people can receive it. Because it's not easily people are picking this thing up. Amen. Because so it's like, so you mean to tell me. God is going to do this and this. He's going to give me exceed, accelerated favor. And everywhere I go, favor, favor. Yeah, that's right. Every store you go in, favor. Amen. Every situation you get in, favor. Favor in the doctor's office. Them tests, you can have every symptom, but when they take them tests, come back negative. Amen. And so that's favor. That's accept. And then he's going to, he, it's not going to be like favor used to be. Well, I know it's on my life, but it didn't catch me today. You're going to walk in it. Amen. It's here. It's like God took it just like this and he did like that. Put it in your lap. You got it already. You got it now. It's just that you don't live like it. Because you don't want to. See, this is the way some people are. They'd rather be right than to receive the blessing. See, because to receive this thing and to turn your life around, you got to be wrong. 
It's always going to cost you something. <laughs> See, you are, it's always going to cost you. When you get something from God, it's always going to cost you something. It's always going to cost you something. And you know what? The stuff that it, this is the good thing about God. The stuff that it cost us, we don't need. That's why, you know, when uh, we first received this prophecy of Amos 9.13, I said, well, Dad, God, I'm preaching it. Where is it at? And my, but see, we, we push it away from us because we're always looking for some negative reason why it ain't here. And then the Lord told me, he said, this is something you're just going to have to trust, step into, and know that it's here. And when I stepped in... And started to assume that it's here, and I walk. I start walking in it, and I said, "Oh, okay, I see it now. I see it now." I forgot what I was doing. Something I was in some store, and Barb was on the phone, and she list. She said, "Ooh, Gigi, that's your Amos nine thirteen favor," and I said, "It is, you know." And so it's here. We just overlook it because we don't really think it's it's there, but it's there. You just have to walk in it and acknowledge it and and add some expectations. See, if we expect things, it'll come much more readily if we start to expect God to do these things. Because he's just not talking just for the sake of talking. He don't have to do that. He's God. Amen. So expect God to keep his word. Amen. Look for blessings and favor and mercy because it's all connected together. Amen. We have to sow seed and wait, you know, seed, time, and harvest. We usually have to wait. There's a waiting period. Just like if you go outside and you plant uh, uh, seeds, it's a waiting period before you get a, get a little plant. But see, when Amos 9.13 is applied to your life and when you believe it, you go back the next day, the plant is there. No more waiting. See, that's accelerated favor. See, God is going to bring it to pass quickly. And you'll see, you may not see it the next day, but then two days. Amen? Because, see, I believe this thing is progresses as we go on. I'm not sure. I'm just saying this is what I believe. And so I believe that it's there. you got to believe it's there. You just got to believe God is doing this thing. Why is he doing this? Because it's time. Every time I ask myself that, the Lord always tell me, it's time. Don't you think it's time? And I say, yeah, it's time. <laughs> so it's time. Amen. That's why he's doing it, because it's time. Amen. And then sometimes when we get to the promise, we get nervous about it. Well, I really, I really don't want it now. You know, and that's the way a lot of people are. Well, I don't think God will make you take it. I'm not sure, but I believe it's going to happen anyway. Whether you want it or not. Amen. It's going to happen anyway. Amen. So we need, we don't have to sow a seed and wait anymore and then expect God to do the watering on it. It's accelerated. Time is even, He's going to accelerate time. We're no more waiting for anything. You know, you just, God said it. I believe it. I'm expecting it. Here it is. You know, you look and it's there the next day. And, and I believe as time goes on and as Amos 9.13 gets ministered about more, we'll see it more because people will readily receive it more. Amen. Amen. So Amos 9.13 has promised to speed up time and process. That's what it's all about.
and to bring you a harvest. So after years of disappointments, after years of hope deferred, making the heart sick, falling dreams, your faith can once again be ignited by the word of God. Amen. In other words, there's life in the word. See, if you are, you've been one of them people who have been discouraged and been disgusted, been through a lot of stuff, you know, God is saying that there's life in my word. Don't give up because there is life in the word that he can put life. If you get in the word and start, all you need is a word from God. You don't need a whole lot. And so you open up that Bible and he will speak a word to you because there's life in the word. Amen. And amen. And what that does, what that does is God will put uh, life back in your your disappointments. He'll erase the disappointments and all of that trauma from years of being beat up by the devil in your mind and in your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's life. That word, open up your Bible and let God speak to you and he'll put life back in that promise. I'll put it like that. Life back in the word. Amen. Life back in what you in your expectation will return. That's why most people don't expect. I'm going to tell you the truth. They don't expect anything because of disappointments and hope deferred and all of this other stuff. And so, but you have to see it's our responsibility to find that life. God will help you. You open up your Bible. He'll speak to you on a billboard, on a passing truck. You know, he'll speak to you on a TV commercial, whatever he has to do. But we, it's, it's ultimately up to us to try to bring ourselves out of this funk because that's what it is. Amen. So there is life after disappointments, after dreams deferred. There is life in the Word. Let's go to Ephesians 3.20. And most of us know what it is. God is able. And this is what we need to understand, that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think according to the, the power that works in us. Amen. Amen. Ephesians. Hallelujah. takes a little longer than my pages. What is it? Ephesians 3? 3.20. It's hot in here. So it says, now unto him who is able. So what is the scripture telling us? God is able. Now unto him. To me that sounds like after everything you've been believing, after everything you've been thinking, after all these disappointments, after all this stupidity, after all of this not listening to God, okay, now unto him. Amen. The scriptures is bringing us back to him. Stop the foolishness. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. See, God knows when you need to be refreshed and reminded who God is. So now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think 
But it's according to the power that's in us. So what God is doing, he's reminding us where this power has to come from. But it's like, ain't nothing wrong with me. This is what he's saying. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Because I'm the one that can do it. I'm able. Now unto me who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. In other words, he's saying I can do more than what you're asking me for. Amen. But he's putting everything in perspective. Hallelujah. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. In other words, I got power, more power to do more than what you're asking me for. So what you asking ain't all hard. So it's above all you could ask or all you can think. So not only can I give you what you ask and I'm giving you, I'm, I can give you more than what you think. But it's according to the power that work in us. Amen. So get some power. God is trying to help us the best way. It's kind of like when a teacher gives you a test and you've been going through this chapter all week. And the day before the test, she tell you, get some sleep at night. I'm not going to give you any homework. Go over your notes. And she's trying to get, and I'm not going to ask you any questions. It's not in chapter whatever. So she's trying to give you a clue. This is God giving us a clue. Amen. Now unto me. In other words, it's for me to do. It ain't for you to do. Now unto me. Because I'm able. He's saying, I'm giving you a clue. I'm able. I'm not the problem. And I'm, I can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask. So he's saying, your request ain't hard. Amen. <laughs> this is not hard for me. But I'm the one that's going to do this. Amen. But he said, but it's according to your power. Amen. Putting things in perspective. He says, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And it's not hard because I can, this is something I can handle. He says, but you got to believe it. You got to find the power. Okay, so he says, according to the power. So you go back and you say, okay, what do I need? I need power. There's power in the word. God's already given you the word of God. And so you get in your word and you get encouraged. All dead things come to life. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything dead, everything past, all this stuff that you even forgot. God will start, when you get in that word, he'll start ministering to you and reminding you. Remember when you asked me for that? And you say, oh, yeah, I asked him for a bike. I'm too old to ride it now. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'm going to give that to you, too. You can sell it. But I heard the request, and I'm going to give it to you anyway. Amen. It's been laying dormant because you forgot about it. Your faith and your expectation has not been on it, and you've not been motivated to expect what you asked me for. You forgot about it, but God says, I didn't forget about it. God doesn't forget about anything we ask him for. So this power works in us because we believe the word. The power works in us because we expect. That's how you get that power. You know, it's, it's, what does it say? Um, I, I am able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power. So that power works in us when you expect, when you put your faith out there. This power works. Amen. Let's see, what did I write down here? This power works in us because we believe. This power works in us because we expect. 
This power works in us because we believe that God is able to do that and exceed what we expect. This is why he's telling us this. He tells us because he's saying, look, my capabilities or my ability exceeds what you ask him. So that's not a problem. The problem is in you, in my delivery because <laughs> I can't deliver it if it's not expected. Amen. And that's all this is about. When you order, go buy new furniture. Don't you either clean your carpet or mop or do something and prepare for them to come in and bring it because you're expecting a delivery. We need to expect God to deliver. Amen. We need to expect God to deliver. Too many people suffer from dead expectations. You know, how many of you re- wrote, read that book, Great Expectations, in high school? Everybody had to read. Remember way back, Great Expectations. Well, we have dead expectations. Amen. We need to have great expectations. Amen. Because of our faith. No, our faith has a... Uh, we allow our faith to fail. Amen. But we need to have hope that we have victory or hope in victory and, and bring our faith out of failure. Hope in victory. Amen. After years of doubt and depression, Israel had to come out expecting, they came out expecting very little. And, and they had no reason. They're just like us. But I think they were worse. They... We haven't seen a, a, a part of the Red Sea, but they walked through it. And this is the thing. They didn't have mud on their feet. It was dry ground. So that was an important factor. And so the Israelites saw so many miracles, but they still had a problem believing about that promised land. <laughs> that was a problem for them. They just couldn't believe it, and they didn't believe it. Amen? They didn't expect. They expected very little. And they and this is why they went through they went through drought and just a famine and then the locusts and then the frogs. I mean they went through everything <laughs> and then all these enemies, but they didn't believe. See, because part of your expectation, you go back at the last victory. You go back and you say, you see, it's, it's, it's a condition of your thinking. Because you say, they should have said, God parted the Red Sea. Pharaoh been trying to kill us. We had them frogs. We had all of this. He had manna from heaven. I mean, and they should have said, unbelieving, but Caleb and Joshua did. They, they took their minds back. And they did an analysis of what they've been through. Amen. <laughs> and they said, we can take it. Because really and truly, those people, those enemies on the promised land was exaggerated. Now, they were big people, but they weren't that big. He said, we can take them people. Amen. But most of the people, mm mm-mm. They had the, the grasshopper mentality. I mean, these people just were plain old. They were just plain old love sin. They didn't want to come into a promised land. They didn't want to. Because, you know why? Because they would have had to give up. They would have had to be wrong. And they would have had to give up their negative thinking and humble themselves. They didn't want to do that. Because when you receive something from God, you change your bad attitude. You you drop that arrogance because you can't get it with him. 
and you have to change and, and get humble and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry, and I'm going to believe your word. And so I'm wrong. And they didn't want to say that. They wanted to keep their pride intact, but they wanted everything because they were always asking God for something. And so they wanted God to give them everything, but they wanted to keep covering up their sin. You know, they made the golden false gods. They just did God wrong. When you go up there and you talk to him, Abraham, we don't have time. So you tell him, well, you know, they gave Abraham their request, but their hearts was wrong. They refused to change their hearts. Amen. So we need to remember that because you have to change your heart. Amen. You know, we cannot allow our hearts to deceive us. Amen. Can't do that. Your heart can deceive you. And you think you're doing one thing and you're really doing something different. You can't do that. Amen. We must remember that God is not a liar. Remember that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. That little thing you're looking for me from, that's nothing. He's saying that's nothing. That's small. Amen. So we have to remember that our level of expectation has everything to do with what we receive from God. Our level of expectation. Well, I got faith. I, I know I got faith. But what are you expecting? Nothing. See, it's kind of like faith and faith. Well, faith and expectation. What's those other power twins? Page, faith and patience. Well, see, expectation is a component of faith. You know, it, I'm not going to call it what patience is, but it's an important part of receiving. Is is your expectation? See, because expectation tells God, I believe you. And I'm waiting on you to do what you said you was going to do. And I'm waiting with anticipation, not just waiting in my chair, rocking, getting old, rocking, getting old. (laughs) But I'm waiting with anticipation. Have I always been there? No. Have I been in and out? Yeah. Have I been out lately? No. I've been in. Amen. Because I finally figured out it's my thinking, double-mindedness. And when you are double-minded, you can't please God. Amen. So a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I made up my mind I ain't going because I wore my brain out. And I said, I'm not going back this back and forth stuff. I'm going to make my election, make it sure, keep my mouth you know, do you get frustrated and mad? Yeah, those things happen. But I keep my, my short accounts with God. And I stay in faith. And, and I don't be around negative people. Don't get up in my business. Amen. Because it's just too much. Amen. David had expectation when he said, I was glad when, I, when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 122. Psalm 122. Take a seat, little woman. Psalm 122, 1. Hallelujah. And don't forget we're talking about our expectation, how we are motivated 
to use our expectation to receive from God. So David had expectation from this verse. Psalm 122 verse 1 it says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within our gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Um, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, and the thrones of the house, the thrones of the house of David. Verse 6 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that they may prosper who love you. Amen. Peace be within your walls. Okay, now this is what it's talking about. Verse 7, peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. Okay, let's go there. When David said, I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. You know why he said that? Because of the right atmosphere. Because verse 7 backs that up. It says, peace be within your walls. In other words, it's hard to get a breakthrough in a place or an atmosphere that is not conducive for a blessing. And this is what David is saying. And this is why David is saying, I'm glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord so we can get some business taken care of. So we can pray. And so we can expect. And so we can do our intercession. Amen. He says, because we need to be in an atmosphere of peace and blessing. Amen. And so he was glad because they were probably somewhere out wherever and they weren't moving in the gifts and in the spirit like they should have been. So somebody said, well, let's go into the house of the Lord. David said, yeah, I like that idea. So uh, I'm just saying we need to always find a place of peace. Keep our homes and our atmosphere um, at home, a place where miracles can happen. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you can't get it there, come to the house of the Lord. That's why we should regularly come, not, you know, uh, separate ourselves from the people of God. Amen. Because people on one accord can do a lot of damage to the satanic kingdom. <laughs> Amen. And so this is what David was saying. David knew it was important to keep a positive spirit, uh, spirit-charged atmosphere. And that's why he wanted to go into the house of the Lord. Amen. He didn't like negative attitude, atti- well, attitudes too, but a negative atmosphere because he knew he couldn't get a lot of work done there. And you don't forget, Jesus went to a lot of places. He said no miracles could come here. They don't believe not, not many miracles can happen here. I'm keeping it moving. Amen. And so David was glad because he said this atmosphere is conducive to blessings. Amen. He knew that he could make uh, some headway in the spirit realm because he knew to keep a positive spirit-filled charged atmosphere about him. Amen. Let me give you another example. The man at the gate, beautiful, was healed because he expected to be healed. Amen. For many years... He was at that gate and he didn't receive a healing because people was always giving him money. (laughs) So, see, sometimes everything that looked like a blessing ain't. And so he said to himself, well, this is good, but 
I want to walk. And he had lame. He he was lame, I think, since birth. And he said, you know what? I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want my healing. And so when he heard that Jesus was coming around this time, it was different because he was ready to receive his healing. Amen. He was ready to receive from the Lord. So the man at the gate, beautiful, was healed because he expected expectation will get you everything amen and if you want amen and if you want to read that when you go home that's in acts 3 7 amen you're you, sometimes we go through the motions but not really expecting how many of you can identify with that amen well amos 9 13 promises us a heavenly return on kingdom investment and this is one thing we got to get used to Amen. And we should expect, in other words, God is saying, look, when you invest in the kingdom of God, there's a heavenly return. Why? Because you put in, you invested, there's a heavenly investment. And see, this is what we got to start expecting. When you do something for God, like when you minister to people and, and, you know, you do all of these things for God, when you see, that's why that show didn't honor God. And the, and the, the producer of the show didn't understand that. And she was telling people off on Facebook why you didn't do, you know, and she don't got it. She don't, she don't understand that that didn't exalt God in any way. She didn't, she don't understand that. You know, it's hard to believe some people can be that dense. But they are. But it's sad that they don't understand that. Amen. I don't know how I went there, but you have to invest in the kingdom, and that's a heavenly investment. Amen. Now, you know, in the natural, people call it the ROI on some jobs, you know, the R-R-O-I. You know, people say, well, I'm going, you know, check my ROI, see how much money I got in there, and, you know, and it's a, a ROI, and that's return on investment. But this is a heavenly Roy. Amen. You know what that tells me? The people in the world got it. Because they're smart in their world. So they understand a ROI. Amen. Better than the people in the kingdom. Now that's just the truth. Let me say that again. Because <laughs> y'all didn't get this. You know, when people invest in the world, it's a ROI. There's always a return on investment. So why can't it be like that in the kingdom? Amen. Amen. So when you work for God and you do things, I don't care if it's just ministering to somebody that's hurt, wounded, whatever it is. There's a return. There's a ROI. There's a ROI. Amen. But do we ever collect? No. Because we're used to doing things the carnal way. But see, when you invest in God's kingdom, that heavenly investment is so much more. So because let me tell you something about the king. And there's nothing wrong with investing in the natural. Okay, thank you. I'm not saying that. But sometimes we look for the natural realm to bless us more than the spirit realm. Amen. That money goes so quick. Have you ever experienced that? You know, you get blessed and you say, where my check go? <laughs> What happened to that money? But with these heavenly investments, when you get a return, I'm telling you, that money is forever. It lasts longer. Amen. 
it just is. And then, see, that's why the devil gets mad at people that know these things. That he gets mad at them because he wants them to invest in the world and think that the world is going to give you something back. But increase comes from God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. In uh, Proverbs 4.20, you know, it says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life. And so God has given us instruction. He's saying, My son, attend to my word. That means get in your word and read it. The promise is, is life to your body, health to your bones. That's the promise. And so what he's doing is motivating us to use our expectation to get healed when we need to be healed by reading the word of God. He's saying these words are life to you. And if you treat these words like life, it's going to be health to your body. That's the promise. But we have to expect when you read the word, you, you take the medicine of the word, you expect that word to go in and bless you. Amen. Go in and do its job, do its work. Amen. And so this is what God wants us to do. He's just using a promise. See, a prom- don't put a, a promise down cheap. Because a promise is something that God get he don't have to promise us anything. But he gives us a promise so that he'll gain your attention. And, and he wants you to start to use your faith and use your hope and your expectation because he's trying to build warriors out of us. He's building something on the inside of us. Amen. Strength, power, you know, and it, there's a period where God, he tests us. Amen. David was tested. He was, you know, he was a sheep herder, but he had to herd them, attend to those sheep before he went out and conquered Goliath. He had to tackle the lion and the bear before he went to Goliath. Amen. And so all of these things, you know, are training uh, stations, I should say, before the real thing comes. So why am I still lonely? Why am I still depressed? Because God is waiting on you to get it. He's given you a promise. He's given you the, the word that he's able, his assurance. He's put, he's written his signature on every promise and every jot and tittle of the word, but he's waiting on us to receive it with gladness and put some expectation on it so he can give it to you. Amen. He wants you to come out from among them who don't believe. Amen. So this is what I'm closing with. No enemy can stop your expected end. Amen. Amen. This is not the end of your story. See, God has already written your life. He's already written it. And no enemy in hell can stop it. Abraham was paid double for his trouble. And God will give you double for yours. Amen. In other words, God has already established your final outcome with victory. Amen. He said, God is saying in this season, you will finish strong because you have to finish strong because of Amos 913. Amen. So if you're looking for it and you don't see it in your life, try expecting it. Try being wrong. Amen. Try repentance. All these little things that you think they're small things. The devil going to tell you this is how the devil works on us. Whatever it is, he's going to say it ain't. Whatever you need to do, he's going to tell you that it ain't that. And then you'll believe it. You'll say, okay, it ain't that. No, God didn't say that. The devil said it. 
So what you need to do is in where God is. God just obey the scriptures. Amen. And he gives you a promise at the end. So God has promised us a flourishing, a flourishing finish. Amen. If you keep God in first place and expect him to save you, expect him to come through for you. Sickness is restored. He gives beauty for ashes. God is bringing you in, out into a better place. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is turning situations around even right now with nothing missing or broken. Amen. The healed is restored like blind Bartimaeus received his sight. He is given uh, wisdom and, and knowledge and more discernment to those who ask him for it. And a lady called wisdom, if you don't ask for her, you don't, you don't get her. Amen. So a lot of this stuff is our responsibility. We have to fall in line with the word of God. Amen. But he'll do it because you expect him to. So this is, if your faith is weak and you've always known that you don't have a whole lot of faith, if this is what you're thinking about yourself, then just start to expect what God has promised. Say, God, I know, um, what is it, Ephesians 3.20 says you're able, more than able, to do exceedingly and abundant, you're able. So judge God faithful and start to expect, amen? hard to expect him to do something and come out of this depression and out of this thinking he won't he won't because you think he won't if you because the opposite of i think he won't do it for me is expectation amen all right so why don't we stop father we thank you lord